0: so hey good saturday morning and welcome to the better modesto show i'm jim applegate and my co-host who is back back in the studio is chris ricky chris welcome back man
1: hey it's good to be back
0: yeah we're live on kfiv 1360 a.m also on the iHeartRadio radio app and chris where were you last week man what
1: where was I? Well, I was in Colorado Springs for a... Uh, beautiful place. Uh, it was nice, yeah. yeah. Except it was like 65 degrees in December. That's kind of weird in Colorado. It was super weird. Yeah. There's no snow at all. Oh, man. It was really weird. Did you get to go to Garden of the Gods? No, no. Oh. But I went to the Broadmoor. Okay,
0: what's that? I don't even know I what don't know. That is.
1: It's a super fancy hotel. Okay. At least that's what my mom tells me.
0: Man, beautiful. Now, I heard... Just a rumor that when you were getting off the airplane that someone did something crazy. Can you tell us about this? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I was just on the plane on a Southwest flight, just minding my own business. And, you know, it's an early morning flight. And, you know, if you take an early morning or late night Southwest flight, you end up usually getting a row to yourself if you play it right. Yeah. So I had a row to myself in the second to the last row on the plane. And this other gentleman sitting across from me, um, he had three to himself. And... The plane lands, so we're taxiing down the runway. It's landed. We got all the wheels on the ground. Dude runs to the back of the plane, opens the emergency exit, and I hear the flight attendant just screaming, "Like, what are you doing? What are you doing back there?" And <laughs> <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> they're they're wrestling, you know, back there. And finally, the I mean, a flight attendant did not want to take that fall, so he let the guy go. And you know, that's that's what happens. The so. guy jumped out of the airplane. Jumped out of the airplane. Was he okay? No. No. Oh, he broke some goodness. limbs. Oh, he ended up in the hospital. Wow, there was definitely. Um, he was definitely. He had some mental, clearly some mental oh, stuff going on. That's so sad. Is, man. Had an episode of some sort, which is yeah. really really tragic but did you uh did it end up like delaying your flight for an extra hour or something they they sat there and then the tower told them to come in because they caught the guy pretty quick right yeah yeah they could tell that it wasn't like some sort of conspiracy or whatever i mean that was the terrifying part about it you know it's kind of silly now but like when the guy was actually had the plane door open two two rows away from me yeah the rest of the plane is screaming bloody murder because we don't know if this guy's got like a gun or a bomb or whatever like yeah It's not cool. It was not funny. It was not fun. It was yeah. It was brutal. Our minds
0: always seem to go to the worst places during those times. I mean, I've been on hundreds of
1: flights. Yeah, I've never seen anything
0: like this. Well, you know, I would say the same thing that I've been on hundreds of flights and I've always seen that happen and on you know movies and on YouTube and things like that. But man, to actually have someone in our studio that this has happened to, like, I I feel like I need your autograph or something. Yeah, great, my
1: claim to fame. <laughs> I was next to the guy that jumped out of a plane. Awesome! Oh man, fantastic! Well,
0: I, I'm su- super glad you're safe. We hope that guy is okay, and we hope that all of our listeners that you never have an experience like that on any of the flights you're on.
1: Agreed. The best part, though, let me tell you the best. There, there's two. The best part, the silver lining here is that the news. You know how the You know the telephone game. How the yeah. news, like. So at first, it was like councilman sees person jump out of plane, and then it was. <laughs> Then by the third story, it was like Councilman Chris Litch jumped out of a plane at the Phoenix airport. <laughs> oh, my God. It was really funny.
0: Well, you know what would be really fun is to see which one of your constituents thought that you were actually capable of doing that. You know, people who would be like. Oh, I'm sure like, there's quite a list. Oh, I'm pretty sure that Chris would jump out of a plane. So <laughs> that crazy Ooh, liberal? That tracks. That tracks. <laughs> Well, like I said, Chris, I'm glad you're back and uh, I'm glad you're safe as well. It's good to be back. man. it's good to be back. Well, we have a great show lined up for today. We actually have a guest today. His name is Jason Conway. He is the executive director for the Gospel Mission. And we want to say thanks, Jason, for joining us. Yeah,
2: thanks, Chris and uh, Jim, for having me on the show and being able to share my experience and uh, the passion I have for the community. So very uh, exciting.
0: Yeah, right on. So I, I would just say to all our listeners right now, like, we're going to be talking about the homeless issue in Modesto and probably the greater area today. And so if that's something that you think your your friends would like to listen in on and kind of get to the bottom off, this would be a great show for them to listen in on. And so, you know, we're we're live on uh KFIV 1360 and also on the iHeartRadio app, but we're also you can check us out on our podcast. And so look for us on social media on Facebook, Better Modesto, and you can go there and check out our podcast and hopefully you can share our show on there as well. So um, hey, Jason, just give us a little bit of basic history of you as a person. Like, Did you grow up in Modesto? Or? I
2: did, yeah. So born and raised in Modesto, California. Um, I was born in uh, Memorial, uh, yeah, Memorial Hospital um, and I lived in Riverbank a little bit. My family lived off of, well, at that point, what we call Snob Hill yeah. and, uh, in Riverbank. And I went to Rio as a, as a kid in elementary school. Uh, we navigated to um, Ceres a little bit, lived in Ceres in Modesto. Uh, yeah, so I've kind of been here my whole life. Uh, spent some time in, in northern Arizona for a few years, but for the majority of it, it's been in Modesto in the valley.
0: Right on. Awesome. Tell yeah. us about your experiences with Modesto. You love this town,
1: or
2: yeah, so I, I, I more than love. I, I you know I am I'm pretty much of a homebody kind of guy. Like this is my hometown. Aren't so. we
1: all these days? Uh... Yeah,
2: <laughs> but no desire. I mean, honestly, how
0: cold it is outside, man.
2: But just no desire, really. I, I've never had this. Like, oh man, I just can't wait to get out of Modesto. Kind of. It's always been like, hey, this has been my my city. This has been my 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 town this has been you know the valley in itself so yeah honestly I I do I I enjoy um, the culture we have here I enjoy watching the diversity and and also I you know for me it boils down to I'm a history guy and I love the memories um, that I have here Um, and all even certain things I remember growing up and the carnival on McHenry like uh, by Mel's Diner off of Mark Randy Place, like that kind of stuff. And being able to go down McHenry, remember that. Um, stuff like that is just kind of cool. Your,
0: when did you graduate from high school? Just so, yeah. So,
2: so here it is. So, I mean, I'm, I went to elementary and Riverbank. I ended up going to Somerset in, in middle school. Yes. And then I was homeschooled in the 90s. And wow. this is before it was um, actually popular. Yeah. And believe it or not, I, I was... I thought you were going to say before it was cool, but I don't think it's ever been
1: cool. Well, so. no, my,
2: par- <laughs> <Just> like- <laughs> my parents literally had I to go... I that one alone. <laughs> yeah, my parents literally had to go in front of the school board. And uh, at that point, um, yeah. yeah, it was kind of interesting that I was. Um, I went to homeschooled, and I was that. So I would have went to
0: buyer. Um, okay. But I didn't go to buyer. I actually was homeschooled. And by and, the way, to all our, our listeners that I just really made angry, I, we home <laughs> homeschooled our kids so all the way through uh, all the way through um, junior high, and then we put them in public high school. Except for our son, who graduated from homeschool high school. So yeah, you know, that was that was. So good. just so. to
2: date myself, that would have been ninety five. That okay. I was would have been a freshman um, in in high school. So yeah,
0: yeah. Now I know, like. I know a little bit of your story about mm-hmm. how you got into gospel mission, but can yeah. you tell our listeners? Like,
2: yeah, I'd love to share my story. So, um, you know, I was I was born and raised, again, in Modesto. And believe it or not, my parents were Jehovah's Witnesses. And I was really much raised in a very strict and religious household. And um, age 16, I ended up um, leaving um Uh, We lived in Ceres at that point. I ended up leaving and going to uh, Cottonwood, Arizona, to stay with my grandma. Um, She had moved from Riverbank, sold the trailer park uh, in Riverbank, and moved to Cottonwood. Ended up going to Cottonwood and ended up going wild. Um, I ended up losing touch. I ended up drinking Um, from that. Ended up kind of dibbling it in, believe it or not. Ended up on methamphetamines in, in a small town, not in Modesto. Um, but in Wait, Arizona, they
0: have meth outside of Modesto too. Yeah, they do. Really? Yeah, it's amazing.
2: Yeah, it was. So yeah, I ended up leaving. I was I was the squared kid. Leave left Modesto. Believe it or not, never had used drugs. Went to a small town in Arizona and just kind of lost lost uh, lost touch. Came back at twenty one in two thousand and one, and was still I was battling addiction, and uh, yeah, so I ended up basically homeless um, at the age of twenty seven i um, living in the parks of Modesto and uh, I knew the Modesto gospel mission was there. And uh, so I, I, make my way to to the Modesto gospel mission in 2007, almost 15 years ago. And I joined a new life program. And uh, from that, I, 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 totally began to transform my life. And uh, you know, I started washing dishes there to being the executive director. And um, so I, I've had a, a, lived experience but also a practical kind of um, perspective on the issues at hand and um, so I'm very passionate uh, really about like the homelessness
0: and really our our city I love this because we're not I mean this is why I love interviewing you for our radio show is that we're not we're not asking someone that this is kind of ethereal to you this is this is real life this is an experience you've had and you've come through so Mm -hmm. yeah 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 Super thankful. This is
1: awesome. It's not the story I expected, and that is, oh, this is good. It's good stuff. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Crazy. Okay, well, we're going to take a uh, quick station break. Yep. And uh, you're listening to The Better Modesto Show with Chris Rickey and Jim Applegate, our guest, Jason Conway, the executive director at the Gospel Mission. And you've kind of heard his story. And uh, when we come back, we're going to hear more about what the Gospel Mission does. And then we're going to start to ask some harder questions about the homelessness uh, situation in Modesto, and you know what we're doing to fix it. What's working? What's not working? So, hope you can join us right after the break. We'll see you in a minute. Welcome back to the Better Modesto Show. You're listening to Jim Applegate, Chris Ricky, and our guest today is Jason Conway. He's with the Gospel Mission. He's the executive director there, and he just told us his uh, I don't know short life story in like three minutes. So,
2: yeah, it was that was a small version. Usually, people <laughs> hear the longer version, but yeah.
0: Yeah, so can I just ask you, Mm -hmm. I don't think I've ever asked anyone this, but what Mm -hmm. is it like to be addicted to meth? Um, Blinding.
2: Um, All-consuming. It becomes um, your driving force. Um, It becomes the thing that you're devoted to. It literally becomes the thing that you bow down to, um, Jim okay did you did you experience like meth psychosis or any of that i dealt with a deep level of psychosis um when i was on yes i had dealt with um which led me into battling uh mental health um so when i i i was working at 26 um i I was working and i was living in the hotels in modesto begin on tropics on 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 and uh, still was working. And the methamphetamine led me into um, kind of a self-inclusion and led me into a psychosis. And what, what happens is when you're dealing with psychosis, you want to self-isolate because the psychosis is building a reality that's not real and a paranoia of your surroundings. And uh, so, yes.
1: Yeah.
0: So tell us, um, you know, And this is really off topic, honestly, from what we're talking about. But how can we help? Like if we see a person who we think, man, that person is addicted to meth in our community. Mm -hmm. Like what what is something that we can do?
2: Yeah, so it's very hard because um, you have the person that's addicted has to be able to want to receive help. And that's the issue that we have. Like we can do everything as a community. We can have the greatest programs, the greatest housing, but ultimately comes to the person to want to accept help in the journey. And that's, it's a very difficult and complex, complex issue with addiction Um, because I had came to a place where I wanted to make a change and I need help. And so anything that came my way, was very I was open to it so it I wish I had an answer to be able to directly tell you but it really starts with the person wanting to receive help so we can do everything we can in our powers but without that we lack that missing piece and that willingness of the person that's addicted to be able to take the steps to get free from that bondage
1: yeah Yeah, and let's not like get too like um deep into like just the meth side right because homelessness there's like 50 pieces to the homeless pile, yeah, right? So, like, meth is one, yep, probably pretty good sized piece. But yeah. then you've got, like, you know, you've got regular mental illness, you got alcoholism, mm-hmm. you got, you know, family abuse. problems, yeah, yeah, you know, domestic you, violence, yeah. You've got all sorts of things. It, it's like, very,
2: yeah, Chris. On that topic, you even with mental health, what it what happens is co-occurring disorders. Um, the medication, the pharmaceutical medication, people don't like taking it, so they turn to street drugs okay. in order to cope with their realities. Alcohol yeah. being one, um, it's very tough because you have these both competing things: mental health and addiction. And sometimes one drives the other, and sometimes it's a mental health or you know organically you know and sometimes it's and it's it's like these two worlds colliding to happen boom and really homelessness is just a bipod of poverty yes and that's a whole different thing that's right like poverty is is generational yeah and and that's a whole different topic because that poverty is a mindset and once you get past having like your addiction issues and behavior. I mean, this thing is completely very much Yeah, I, I don't yeah. think
1: people understand. Yeah. Like, what is the biggest indicator of your level if when you're a kid, what is the biggest indicator of your level of wealth when you are 50 years old? Yeah. It is how much money your parents had. Yep. Mm. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: It it, it yeah. is though. I mean, it, poverty is really the root of, and it's just a byproduct homelessness and we have different layers of homelessness, but it's because of poverty that we're dealing with this.
0: Yeah, so, okay, so tell me, you know, you, you know, one thing I've loved about you, Jason, is um, you don't blink or turn away from any of the problems in our community. I feel like I've watched you walk in, you know, just personally over the years, watched you walk into some very hard situations. Mm -hmm. And I love that because you're like, you know, you, you would call me and say, let me go out and visit with that guy. Let me go yeah. out and try and bring him back to, you know, what's going on at the gospel mission. Yeah. And I just appreciate you being an advocate like that. That is phenomenal. But tell us, like, you know, if someone does get to the gospel mission, mm-hmm. what happens?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, what we're trying to do is we're trying to challenge our policies. And, you know, we're trying to get outside of the... The here's what we are, and as a shelter, because a shelter has these these barriers to entry. We'll call them. we we'll just call it out. We have barriers to entry, and, and having gone through those barriers of entry from a point of about I was homeless, really at a point where I just needed you know shelter. It was uncommon for me to be sleeping out in the parks. It seemed so foreign that I had you know at that point in time. What we try to do is remove some of these barriers. I'll give you an example. Um, it should be it, for somebody to always show up every single night and thinking that's normal and like if they don't show up for one night, they're out. Like that has been removed from our, our policies. So when somebody shows up, we intake take them right off the gate. They don't have ID, we don't care. They don't have any identification, we don't care they're coming into our shelter and at that point we're wrapping around case management and we're wrapping around a full service continuum all the way out of homelessness and and maybe our model isn't housing first because we're privately funded but our goal is to get them in housing i mean that is that is our, my primary objective is to get that person in housing now i do believe In order to have the keys to the car, sometimes you gotta work on yourself. And you got to do something because, you know, throwing a, a housing voucher at somebody and getting them into an apartment doesn't mean they're going to be successful.
0: So what, so what happens then? So, you know, I'm, I'm homeless. Yeah. I'm, I need a meal. I need a place to stay. I come show up at the gospel mission. Mm-hmm. I get checked in. What happens?
2: Yeah, so you get checked in. And uh, automatically, once you get checked in, uh, we do have services requirements. That is one of the things that we do still have at our shelter. We are privately funded. We are a Christian organization, so we do have requirements to attend a chapel service. Okay, and uh, that is a requirement. That Chris, is... maybe
0: that's how we could get you into a chapel one day. Yeah, you know, maybe. Yeah.
2: <laughs> now, again, a participation isn't required, but attendance is. And um, if we were funded by um, anybody else, but our 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 people that fund our organization are people that believe. And we believe in the concept that person that is struggling needs to be able to find identity in in Christ. That is what we believe. If, if, and that is one of the things that we are strong in, in our beliefs. So one of those, yeah.
0: So go to tell me what happens after that. If we get through the service part, then yeah. what, where do we go from so there? So
2: from there you go right into the dining room. We're going to feed you. And then from there you go upstairs and you have a night and you get us, you know, you go to sleep,
0: but you also have programs, right? Yeah.
2: So there, this isn't just like here comes shelter. Um, in the morning, we, we have a day program. We run, we run a seven days a week day program. Uh, we have a new life program, 18 month recovery program that we run um, for alcohol and addiction recovery program for uh, both men and women. Um, that's just some of the the outlets um, that we that we run.
0: Yeah. So when you were saying you have this new life program that you mm-hmm. were part of, that was what you that went was through. what I went through. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And yeah. I I had I mean, no basis of, of anything more than just like I need help. And here's a place that wasn't charging me a nickel. Um, They weren't asking anything from just a simple attend a a chapel service. I was okay with that, to be honest, just to call it out. I had no beef with that. Like, sure, I'll sit here and listen to the chapel. Like, now what happened in my heart? That's a different story, and I can only testify what God was doing in me. But the re- that that did not stop me from walking into the doors of the Manistee Gospel Mission. I was like, sure, I'll sit here listening to your chapel service, and and that. But that was my story, and, and for most parts, you'll have some that have a beef with that. But for many times, they don't have an issue with it. it in in if you look at the bigger picture, the macro version, most people are like I don't care. Of course, you're going to have a few that like I don't want to go there. But you can name a plethora of reasons why they wouldn't want to go into a shelter.
0: Yeah, well, I'm super thankful for a gospel mission. I mean, I believe it or not, I actually cut my teeth uh, preaching a gospel mission. So you might have even sat through one of my terrible sermons over there. I don't know
2: if we have time, but like, if that is, this is about the greater community. If we go, like, if you have a problem, there's a low barrier shelter. There's, there's a Salvation Army. Like, if it's that big of an issue where you didn't want, there's another place. Right? There's lots of places. Yes, and that's where I feel strong. Like, hey, this is who we are. We're the Gospel Mission. Guess what? This is our flavor. Yeah. But if you're not, then, hey, Salvation Army, the the low barrier shelter. I mean, there's so many different options. So it's not like we were the only shelter in town. Then I would challenge myself maybe in in that. But I think because there's other shelters that I I can be okay with that.
0: I love it. Okay. We need to take a quick station break. But when we come back, we're going to talk more about homelessness and the gospel mission. And you're listening to the Better Modesto Show. Uh, I'm Jim Applegate, my co-host Chris Rickey, and we are on KFIV 1360 AM, also live on the iHeartRadio app, and look for us on our podcast on social media as well. We'll see you right after the break. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to The Better Modesto Show with Chris Rickey and Jim Applegate. Our guest today is Jason Conway. He's the executive director of the Gospel Mission, and man, what a great story you've been telling us so far. We really appreciate uh, your transparency and honesty, Jason, and your your heart for the community. So, I think what we want to do is just get into some of the challenging questions. So yeah, yeah, let's do sure. it.
1: I mean, I think that when we talk about the the religious angle yeah. of these of these institutions, I mean, Gospel Missions a Christian institution, mm-hmm. Salvation Army is too. Yeah, yes, they're both Christian institutions. So, my point is not. Saying like, hey, you know, religion bad, blah blah. Yeah, r r. You know, that's not what I'm saying. Yeah, what I'm saying is like, uh, to me, management of this problem is should be an inclusive kind of system. Yet, when you look at our shelters, they're all run by the same type of people. Sure, right. And so, like, I think that's something that we should consider and look at. Does it mean that you need to change the way you do business? Not necessarily. Yeah, um, but it does mean that. To me, it's like we're adding barriers, right? And so, like, even if it's five, it's the pie again, man. Mm-hmm. If we're cutting off five percent of the people for that reason, we should find a way to get you know those people in because each person that we are able to save, however we're able to save them, is another person off the street. Sure, right. Sure. So
0: what, what what do you mean by that, though, Chris? Like, um, you would want to set up shelters that aren't necessarily religiously run. Like that's what I think saying? that's
1: like, probably a pretty good idea. Yeah, you yeah. know, like the goal is to have a solution that works for all the different types of people out there. And there are a lot of people out there. Well, and one of our problems our country has right now, Hey, look, the reality is not everybody in the country is a Christian, right? It's a
2: believer
0: in anything.
1: And the reality
2: just real fast is you don't have to be a Christian to walk. Like that's not being pushed upon anybody. Honestly, like you're going to hear about the gospel. You're going to hear about Christ. Um, but you're going to make your own decision. We're not holding you to any type of like, hey, if you don't convert, you're out of here.
1: We're just, you're just missing the point. Yeah,
2: well, and also if you think about another point of we need a shelter, well, that's what the low barrier shelter the Salvation Army is operating from the county perspective, pets, partners, and possessions. There is zero religious component to that. Yeah. It has to be zero because of how it's funded. Gotcha. Um, so there is zero components to that. Um, they walk there. It's like, you, you know, that's another part of the puzzle, which we have
0: three different styles of shelters in our community, too. So there really is something going on then, like mm-hmm. Salvation Army is pretty low access. Um, yeah. Gospel Mission is probably the one that has the most barriers around it, but then the low barrier shelter... Like
2: nothing. Yeah, they're more, again, they're nothing, but then they get wrapped in because of the process. Then sometimes that's a barrier to entry.
1: Absolutely.
2: You see what I'm saying? Like, okay, we have some barriers. Like you're going to attend a service, but guess what? You walk on our campus and you're walking right through our doors and we're going to get you shelter. A low barrier is like, ah, you got to go. So you got to have a referral to cod in. you know, you see what I'm saying? And then sometimes like a low barrier shelter sounds great because really what we're all competing is for funding. Bottom line, like we take zero federal dollars. We take zero state money. Yeah. None. I mean, would I take some? Uh, Yes, but I'd have to hand over the keys to the vehicle to say, this is how we run our operations. Um, But again,
1: um, yes. So, But But, I think- But the conversation I want to have today is like, what are the barriers and how do we reduce those barriers, right? And like, what I'm hearing on the streets is kind of like, People, a lot of people prefer to sleep in parks than they do in the shelters. That's a problem for me. It is. I don't like that. I don't want that. Now, I understand. Like, we can't let people like shoot up in the shelter, right? Yeah, that would be like really dangerous and really bad, right? So there's got to be some barriers. But like, I don't know. Do you you know what I'm saying?
2: I do know what you're saying. And uh, so like, if somebody comes and they're drunk, we let them in our shelter.
1: If somebody
2: is caught using in our shelter, we're probably not going to ask them to leave. We're going to have to have some intervention on that, but we're not going to ask them to leave. Um, If, yeah, so here's what it is. Any type of, I would say, for people that are out on the streets, they, some, they just don't want any type of, of rules at all. That's why when you go back in the sands of time and you look at the tents on Beerbrook Park, that was a success. And I'm not I'm I'm not saying I'm an advocate for that, but I think it worked. Um, it now, did work. No it, question. It yeah. Worked. It worked. Now, in that is you 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 had that first stage of somebody and a place for them to go and that worked for them. See, we try to build models that work for us. And we need to start building models that work for those that are homeless in the parks. And that might not be the traditional shelter. But I'll tell you what, Chris, here's a solution. We have to build something prior to coming into the shelter. That would be a a no-barrier camp where they go there. They start getting case management. And ultimately, that might work in that first step getting into the shelter so
1: what about, this? what about this yeah you've got you've got a pretty big parking lot over there at mm-hmm. gospel what if we put a like a, a campsite right there in your parking lot and you know obviously there need to be some barriers right but kind of like Beardbrook brook and we you know and i help solicit some funding for you is that something you might be able to do
2: here's the ticket insurance I'll get dropped off my insurance. So we have—that's mm. the problem. We have insurance. We have an umbrella liability insurance, Chris. There's only two companies in the nation that will insure us for what we do. It's tough. If I try ways
1: around that too, I
2: think. Yeah, call. There's if the if somebody was to say, hey, we we'll, if the state or the city was to say, we'll take all liability from it. That's what happened with the low barrier shelter they ran into. So for us, I'll give you an example real fast. Um, Caltrans was doing a, a, they wanted to hire the homeless to work on the highways and the freeways. They came into the community. I met with them. I was really loving this principle. Like, oh, this is great. This is before downtown streets. Sounds a little risky. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, you know, I what well we had to hold the workman's comp on him. We had to hire him internally. And so I call our workman's comp. They're like, you let us know if you're doing this so we can drop you. <laughs> and that's the problem for us is we like we don't have like it's not car insurance. We're like, hey, we're high risk already. Yeah. So on that type of thought, like we wouldn't they wouldn't insure us. So that that would be one of the things we would have But
1: here. you could hire um Tent City llc to, to run it for you
2: well we could but well, then content city llc
1: get that insurance policy well, they might
2: be able to like that would be interesting yeah, yeah. i mean that's yeah. a good idea though well yeah. no i mean it, it, it's a valid ideal and i know that there's some uh rumblings around um there being a, a campground and working with the sheriff's department and stuff like
1: that in the community i know dirks would, would help yeah you. yeah well, and i'll help with, you too man yeah and I love what you
0: said, Jason. That we need to create solutions for these people, not for us. Sure. You know, I'm, I mean, we get the I get the feeling as a as a citizen in Modesto that what I'm doing is trying to create a solution for them that makes my life easier. Yes. But that's not really the way that we're talking about this problem. We're well, saying, yeah, well, these are people too that need to be taken. I think care we feel of. a
2: burden. I yeah. mean, when you see somebody living out in the streets, that should burden us. Yeah. To say why sure. is that?
0: Yeah. You know, yeah. I, so I think. As, but I don't want to just get them out of sight, out of mind. I mean, I, I love your attitude in this, Chris, where, you know, earlier you said in the program, you know, getting one more person off the streets, we're saving someone. We're helping them because these are people um, that sorry. we w- that we want to care for. Yeah. I mean, every time you drive underneath a bridge and someone's no, camping there, that's a person. Yeah. So yeah. I, lo- I love that. Yeah. So another question I have is, you know, when... You know, we know that most of these shelters, like early in the morning, mm-hmm. they close down and then people begin to, you know, they, they've they got to go somewhere during yeah. the day. And, uh, you know, so what can we do about that? Because I know that creates problems downtown, that creates problems yeah. in the Loma neighborhood of, you know, so how, how can we take care of this?
2: Yeah, so, I mean, one of the things that I remember that really sprung is being just wandering around um, and you're never welcomed anywhere. I get it. I mean, I, I felt that like you're not, you know, the world is passing you by. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's, um,
1: it's about fear and mm-hmm. it's about, and it's about hate. Yeah. You know, you see the, someone walking that has, you know, that's down on their luck. Yeah. Walks by your house in La Loma, yeah. Loma or, yeah. you know, in yeah, my Frank neighborhood. Yeah. Frank
0: told us the word disgust. Yeah. yeah. He said, we just think these people are disgusting instead of seeing them as people. Yeah.
1: That's right. And like, they don't want, 99% of them don't, they just want to go on with their lives. Right. Yeah. But uh, people are just, they're just fearful and they're aggressive. Yeah. And um, and that's, we, I mean, look, everyone deserves a spot, right? Yeah. So like, how can we, I, my, my feeling is the solution is we find places for them to be comfortable yeah. where they're not treated that way until they can get on their feet again. Yeah. So real fast, I mean, for us,
2: we don't ask anybody to leave the campus if they don't want to. That's for the Modesto Gospel Mission. They mm. are allowed to stay on campus wow. and hang okay. out with us. That okay. is awesome. Yeah. yeah. That's really so cool. that's just for us. I, I we 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 removed that a few years back. Awesome.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We well, got to take a quick station break, but uh, when we come back, um, you know, we're ask some more challenging questions, but also talk about some of the the really positive things that have happened. And taking care of homeless in Modesto. So you're listening to The Better Modesto Show. We're on 1360 KFIV, also live on the iHeartRadio app. I'm Jim Applegate, my co-host Chris Rickey, and we will see you right after the break. Hey, welcome back to The Better Modesto Show. Hope you're having a great Saturday morning out there. It's 1360 KFIV. Also live on the iHeartRadio app and check us out on social media because we also have a podcast and you can go back and pick up on our all our shows that we've done are now available on podcast. So I'm your host, Jim Applegate, my co-host, Chris Rickey. And today our guest has been Jason Conway with the Gospel Mission. Mm-hmm. And you know, I know this is our last segment of the show. And so what we want to talk about is some success stories yeah. of what's happened. And obviously, Jason, you're a success story. Yeah. And and so we're we're celebrating that. But also just in this season, which I know has been tough for you guys, like COVID and yep. some of the outbreaks that's been in the Modesto B, But I know there's been some great things that have happened there as well.
2: Yeah. So when we talk about like all the different things that we can be doing, what we lose sight sometimes is the daily... Uh, positive stories that come out of that. So one, one example is, we'll say Justin. Um, Justin was actually a resident at um, uh, Bilbrook Park um, in the tents. And Justin actually came through um, our services, came through our New Life program, and is currently on our staff working our, as a peer navigator in our day program. That's one unique Um, We have stories like these. I mean, every single day we're seeing these stories come through. Um, Here's another story. Eddie Eddie was um, uh, serving life in prison. He got paroled to us, uh, came through, went through again the New Life program, and Eddie is on our staff working for us. Um, That is just two different stories. I can go on and on and on with these successful stories that come through. Um, and it doesn't have to be through the New Life Program. Our day program is suited the same way as get you to the next step. And, and uh, that's a part of it. I will like to just to say that when you go through our New Life Program, um, what happens after graduation is we put you in the housing that we own and we rent you an apartment. And we are full service all the way from the beginning to the end. Um, we are giving you that housing component at the end of it too. So that's just a couple good stories. But I mean, How every, many units do you guys own? So uh, we, we own a duplex of eight apartments for the men. We master lease on 15th street for the women transitional apartments uh, across the street from the DMV. We master lease that. We master lease from the housing authority, Wesley, um, for senior women. Um, and we give housing, that's supportive housing in Wesley, and then transitional housing. Um, that's what we're trying to build. I could have all the shelter beds in the world, but if I don't have a place for them to go, Chris, yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah. there's no use for more shelter beds.
1: That's exactly right.
0: Yeah, well, this has been... We've um,
1: been wrestling. I wrestle with this every day. Yeah. So I know exactly what you're dealing with. I was, yeah. I was talking to Jim the other day. I'm like, man, you know how to build stuff. Build some build some housing for me, Jim. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well I know there's I mean there's <laughs> I would love to. There are several agencies in town that are working on this housing yeah.
2: problem now. No, it's a huge, yeah. It's 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 where my heart is, the next phase if I was to build anything. So um, I think
0: this is fantastic though, yeah. because you're talking about taking someone who really has nothing yeah. and taking them all the yes. way through. That's
2: the only way to do it. Yeah. And it's,
0: so I mean do you own a house now, Jason? I do. Look at that, man. Yeah, I mean, you- crazy. How about that? Yeah,
2: no, and that's, yeah, that's just one of those things I would have never imagined, owning a house. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: I Well, my kids, I don't
2: think they can imagine owning a house, but
0: hopefully we're going to figure that one out, <laughs> yeah. too. Yeah, so. Oh no, it's, it's tough. Yeah, it's tough in California. It just really is. Yeah, so, I mean, what, what I'm curious about, too, is you're not government- funded Mm -hmm. at all. Who are your funders? Who's helping you do this work?
2: So the funders that we have behind us are people in this community that have a passion for what we do uh, with the mission. They have a passion. They love the fact that we are spiritually led and they are passionate about that. And uh, that is really our core funders are people, individuals. I mean, basically it's, it's your individual out there that loves the fact that we're not only helping people, but we're bringing people to the Lord, and I think that is
0: the the biggest thing. Yeah. No, so just, I mean, to help our people out, if they're interested in helping you with the gospel mission, how would they get a hold of you? What would they?
2: Yeah. So there's several different ways. I mean, we're uh, mymission dot is our website. Um, there, that's a full. It tells you everything about it. Um, and this next season, just to share real fast, this next season we're starting a social enterprise. And uh, because, again, being privately funded, we don't want to have to beat up our donors for dollars just to run the ministry. We would love to find different ways to fund this place. Um, so we're running a, what's called Volente Coffee. We're gonna be roasting coffee. It's going to be a full service roaster. Um, we got the permits from the county. We got the roaster. We're just working on getting the building ready to go. We're gonna be roasting coffee. It's gonna be people in our program wrapped around roasting the coffee. Uh, their testimonies will be on the bag. They get to name the roast and then we'll sell that roast to the churches, to the community around us. So I'm really looking forward to that part of, of our funding stream coming in um, in that. But we do have some great community partners too, like um, Kaiser, um, Sutter Health um, coming alongside us for COVID relief huge for PP, I mean, it was huge what Kaiser and Sutter was able to do for us to help us um, when we were dealing with um, meals to go and we were trying to, we did senior care kits, United Way, Stanislaus Community Foundation, huge partners of us, finding us. I mean, they really, there were some great community partners outside the individual donors to be able to get some, some individual donation money to us in just during COVID, like, yeah.
0: yeah. Well, man, that's that's uh, that's phenomenal. So, do yeah. you guys have any big plans for the Christmas season that we can be involved in? Yeah, so
2: we're doing ten days of Christmas. So, basically, last year um, with uh, COVID, we we couldn't do our traditional. So, what we do for from the 13th to the 23rd, we have signups. So, if you're out there and you need help for Christmas presents, go to our website. Um, and it's um, actually, that would be ModestoGospelMission.org slash Christmas. The family can sign up, select a time, come into one of our warehouses, and be able to get Christmas gifts for their uh, their kids. I know. And uh, yeah, no questions asked. Come on in. We want to bring, I mean, part of it is bringing that, the self-humanity back to the parent. So our hope is the kids in school, the parent can come in, grab the the gifts, go home, wrap it, and give it to them themselves. Um, so that's kind of what we're doing for the Christmas thing. We will have an event on the 23rd, but that the 10 days of Christmas is from the 13th to the 23rd, and
0: you can sign up if you if you're in need. So what about for me who wants to help the gospel mission? Can I help with that? Yes, there? 10
2: days of Christmas. We have slots for volunteers to come in and just be a part of it too, just to give back to. And, and we have individual slots where people can sign up. And you can. it's all on our website. Um, volunteering is all automated. Very simple. You go to website, mymission.org, find the volunteer tab, and sign
0: up. Wow. So let's ask this uh, big question kind of as we draw our program to a close. Yeah. Like if uh chris rickey our faithful council city councilman from modesto if he has his magic wand yes and he could grant you one wish what would you what would you want from our city from our county apartment complex
2: a big uh 75 units and that yeah then that that would be because the bottom line is we have shelter capacity i mean this is we all know salvation army we look at the numbers Our shelters are not at full capacity, and we have all different reasons why. And there's barriers to entry in that. But um, the fact of is, we have an outlet to house people, and that's what we need. So for me, my goal, my vision, um, again, is watching lives being transformed, but also is giving them housing. You guys don't know how much. For me, one of the things I wanted in my life was just having a place of my own. That, that was so huge. I didn't have the tools to be able to do that, to be honest with that. an addiction, I was suffering. I, I couldn't, have, even if you would have given me a place, I wouldn't have been able to keep it. I was just so messed up. I, my psychosis was real. Um, but that desire um, for housing, and one of the things the program did when I came in, I knew that if I finished the program, I would have housing. And just that little bit of incentive is what we need to be able to give. So like that apartment complex that's what i'd ask like chris get me an apartment complex and that that makes a lot of sense yeah and and, um or even like even like the the hotel initiative going on like i'm also interested in the apex on yosemite um to be honest i'll just call it out like there's There's that one right down there. It really works. We did a partnership with the Housing Authority in Wesley, where we have uh, seniors. That's another outlet. And homelessness, we're seeing more is our seniors
1: in our community. It's not going to get better, but we. I think. Well, this magic one thing. You're not supposed to give us stuff that actually has a shot of getting done. Yeah, man. exactly. Like, why, yeah. why? Like now I'm actually going to work on this. I thing, I,
2: I I would love to be able. <laughs> Go for 175 years. Yeah, come on. Well, it, because that gives, I mean, and I think that will empower people to come through our shelters and then it gives them an outlet to say, oh my gosh, if I do A, B, and C, this is where I can be. And and that's where I think people need, they need incentive out of our shelters. They need to see something much greater than their self. They need to say, oh man, if, you know, okay, this is the first step, but waiting for me is something of my own and everybody should be self-efficient and everybody should be able to be able to take care of themselves and have their own place. I'm a firm believer in that. Everybody should be able to have their own place. We all know how it is to be able to go home, <laughs> yeah. shut the door and just decompress. Yeah. These individuals don't get that. Yeah. And if I have anything to do with it, I want to be able to give that to everybody and that's my passion um and be able to do that. Now, there's a lot of barriers to do that and a lot of times we get in our own ways. And I get that. I got my own ways for years. I was tripping over my own feet.
0: Um, but that is my heart and my passion. Right on. Well, we've got to draw our program to a close. But Jason, we want to say thank you for coming on the show today. Um, more than that, we want to say thank you for your great work in our community. Thanks that you take some of the hardest situations and you don't walk away from them. You enter into those. And, and also, I want to just say thanks to the people in our community that support the gospel mission. Yeah. And the organizations like Sutter Health and Kaiser, who you mentioned. And just say thanks to these organizations for what they've been doing. And uh, man, what a, what a great program that you're doing over Christmas. And um, mymission.com or mymission.org. Yeah, mymission.org. And then Gospel Mission.
2: Yeah, so Gospel org slash Christmas if you need Christmas gifts.
0: Okay, right on. You've heard it here. and. Man, we're so glad to have you on the show today. So, hey, thanks for joining us on Better Modesto. We hope you have a great Saturday. You've been listening to Jim Applegate, Chris Rickey, our guest, Jason Conway. He's the executive director of the Gospel Mission. And we're on KFIB 1360 AM, also live on the iHeartRadio app. And we'll see you next week. Have a great Saturday, Modesto.